Welcome to PodCash, the portable professional development podcast from Cash Alumni. Cash Alumni is the fastest growing association of professionals in care, health, and education, and we're happy to have you here. This is where you'll hear from specialists and experts from across our network. Let's jump in to this week's episode. Hi everyone, I'm Stacey Mann, the Early Years and Childcare Subject Specialist here at NCFE. I work on all of the uh, cash products um, for Early Years and Childcare and I'm joined today um, by Claire and Claire is going to be talking to us um, a lot about parents and families and how to ensure that we're engaging them in the setting and how we can really support the child's development um, through that. So, um, Claire, would you like to introduce yourself and your your journey so far in this wonderful world of education and childcare? Thanks ever so much for having me, Stacey. It's really lovely to be here. And hi to everybody who's listening in. Uh, my name is Claire Stead. I am uh, the creator and founder of an app for parents from conception to two, the first thousand days, to build babies a strong brain and to build parenting confidence, one play activity at a time. But I'm actually um, a teacher. Um, I'm a primary teacher trained from three, age three to eight. Um, and, and, and really, I'm, I'm a teacher through and through and who fell into this world of ed tech um, and I've worked in three continents uh, teaching across three continents um, and I've worked in hundreds of classrooms uh, across all the age ranges um, and one thing that was consistent all the way through that experience was finding that um, you've got your your bright sparkles who are going to do their do well anyway you've got your special needs children and then you get this group in the middle and that's some of those kids in the middle spend a whole heap of time trying to get their act together trying to get their pencil sorted out trying to get their shoes on you know they never quite actually get round to doing the job that's been set for them and those kids have always been utterly fascinating to me um, what makes them different to the little sparkles that just are hungry for knowledge and can't wait to be fed some more so I went on a journey to sort of discover what it was that might make the difference for those children and then I came across the um, learning um, and brain development of the first thousand days and for me that was just like switching on the light bulbs really and and really unbelievable um, uh, a thing to find and what it made me realize was I was working with the wrong age range if I wanted to make the impact that I wanted to make as an educator uh, then I really needed to uh, leave behind the bigger kids and start working with the babies and then I realized that you can't work with babies they they don't come alone they come with parents and so then I realized that actually if I could work with parents and help parents understand what was going on, then we'd sort of change the journey and the trajectory for the child. So I've worked in classrooms, but I've also been an education researcher. And I worked with uh, an amazing organisation and looking at best practice um, with the top 5% of schools in England and Wales at a time when ICT and education was really beginning it didn't have a name um, and we were exploring different ways of using IT and computers and all things tech to support learning um, which was a really interesting period of time to be working in um, and then 
I and and we we worked with the the the, the top five percent of schools in England and Wales to look at this best best practice and try and get that um, across the board and spread that out and get it into policy and practice. And then we had um, uh, we then worked internationally as well, and I, I worked with five different countries um, developing curriculum. Um, again, using ICT and learning um, and trying to use this tool that was new into the world. And, and how can we how can we improve outcomes for children using this ICT and tech? And then finally, I moved to Zambia and I met a man on a plane and I ended up putting the whole of primary education on a tablet for African children to get high quality standard education in their own language. Um, uh, voiced and translated for them, one of which one of those languages was unstable, so we had to write the dictionary to to stabilize it. Um, and again, w looking at how do we make really great impact on kids' outcomes. So that's been my journey. Wow, <sighs> it's always so interesting to speak to anybody in early years education about their career, about to anybody about their career journey, mm. and the fact that you're in the right place at the right time sometimes and how that journey loops and turns and it's it's just incredible to listen because you take all of those skills with you don't you and you sort of take them on your journey and I think any students that are listening to this podcast really need to internalize that that you know everything has got a reason on that journey and it's you're, you're in the right direction direction you're on the right path and to just keep returning to why 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 are you in this industry um, and just keep returning to that why absolutely when I was first teaching I used to spend my lunch times opening the TES and um, I would go to the job page and I'd be looking for that wow job, the one that sparkled and, and was my adventure. Um, and in those days, there wasn't such a thing as an international um, t teacher or, or any of that because I'm really quite old. Um, and, <laughs> uh, and I kept thinking, but I'm just a teacher. And I'm just a teacher. What can I just a teacher do? And and actually, what I realised is that the skill sets we develop in our journey along our way from from planning to communication with children, communication with parents, communication with other educators, um, our training, our giving training. We have so many skills that we we underestimate because we're just teachers. And I think it's really important to unpick those skill sets that we have and we use on a daily basis so we don't even notice we've got them. And then think, well, actually, this could be really useful in the outside world as a different something. That's not saying to leave education because you mustn't, you must follow your heart, I believe. And that's certainly what I've done. I've followed that utter passion for improving learning outcomes for for everybody um, and when you're led by your mission and you then have these wonderful skills that you can see are cross uh, platform almost cross fertilization stuff you're you're it's a bit like a farewell pony there's a there's a, a picture at one point in the farewell pony um, uh, 
cartoon books, it says you won't find your perfect pony straight away, but sooner or later. And then there's a picture of the farewell pony hugging them. They'll find you. Oh. And it's oh. a little bit like that. It's the sort of little fat pony finding this tiny little person. And, and I think your, your, your journey finds you if you are mission led and have a real deep heart about why you're in this this industry because if you if you don't have that you've got to ask the question why, why are you in yeah this am i in the right place and, and is this the right yeah. place for me i think um and it's very much when you're in education and childcare. it's not just about getting your level two and level three and then working in a nursery or working in a school it's much much broader than that which you've just you've just talked about one of the, the common threads i think um, that we hear in education and childcare all the time is we must have this strong parent partnership. So how, how do we achieve a strong parent partnership? And, and what does that really mean genuinely? Do you know, I've been thinking about this a lot recently. And, and I think I think it's a really easy throwaway comment. Oh, we've got the triangle. We've got the partnership <laughs> happening, you know. Child, parent, teacher, it's all job done and uh, tick. Yeah. But actually, I think we need to look really deeply at this. I think it's a critical um, part of the service that we deliver. Because if we look at this as a core central element, actually it changes our practice. Because our parents are the specialist in their child. As educators, we are the specialists in education and child development and learning. And the child is the specialist in their life and their growing up. Now, I think as educators, it's all too easy to say, thank you, I will have that child, I will do unto the child, and then I will deliver back the delivered child. And I think that sets us up for massive conflict at, at times. And, and, and it leaves so much at the door because we, children grow up in, a, in an environment of culture and that culture is incredibly rich, but it may be different to the culture of the nursery or the early years setting. And so, for the child, that is an incredibly complex situation to navigate. They, they have one situation at home, they have a completely different something at school, and they're meant to just at the door, take off one persona and put on the next. And I think it, it, it's actually about building connection through the child, but, but in the context of trust, because the biggest element the biggest thing that you can trust you can give to somebody is you're ch leaving your child with them. And, and we also need to understand as educators that even when the children are in mainstream school, we own, they are at home for 80% of the time. So they're at home a, a lot of the time. And so we only have these children for a really short borrowed period. So we can't do it alone. We, we can't enable this child to reach their full potential as an education sector. We have to bring the parents with us and have this journey of trust and communication. Now, I personally believe that part of the challenge of the parent partnership is that we leave it too late. 
Yes. And so what we've got is that before you have a child, you have often no knowledge of child development, no knowledge of what success looks like, no knowledge of what failure looks like. So you're on a journey to get a baby. In fact, no, to give birth to the baby that you're pregnant with. Yeah. Yeah. There isn't an expectation of parenting. You know, we know from the Royal Foundation's research that 70% of parents of children from zero to five feel judged. And they feel judged about their parenting. Mm -hmm. Now, that's easy solved as far as I'm concerned, because if we support parents in understanding parenting and child development, they wouldn't feel judged because they would know that they were doing the right thing for their child. Yeah. And that's not about telling them how to parent. That's about supporting them in becoming the best parent they can be for their child on their child's journey. So if we start early supporting parents in conception period during those nine months that nature gives us, then we are starting out on a journey of success. And success breeds success. So when we have tiny, tiny wins on a daily basis where we're helping parents understand those, the, the tiny bits of life that will make an impact and change on a child and their child's outcomes, there's no blame. Yeah. It's only about building success. And person that's been supported from success to success is going to be more receptive and more open to being engaged in conversation and communication than a person who thinks they're being attacked because then they become defensive. Yeah. So I think we leave it too late and I think we have to go back to the parent that comes to look around the nursery and say, what can I do as a nursery to support you now? Thanks for coming to look around. Let's do something to support you right the second and make your journey really, really successful. Absolutely. This is Podcash, brought to you by Cash Alumni. To level up your skills and career, visit our free e-learning resources. You'll find them under the CPD and Best Practice tab of cashalumni.org.uk. That's cashalumni.org.uk. And it, oh, yeah, everything that you've just said. Um, and that, that first initial meeting is really where that relationship starts, isn't it? How many times have we said to, um, you know, also as early, early years educators, how many times have we said to parents and to friends and family that if you go to a set, when you're taking your child to a setting, you will get a feel for where is the right place for you. And that feeling is your gut instinct talking to you, isn't it? And saying, yes, this is the right place. And that comes through that quality interaction and that communication right from that very start, that, that show around the setting and this is what we do and what can I do for you is such a powerful question. What can we do for you, especially in that time, which is even when you've got qualifications in early years, is a scary time. And yeah. when you have this baby in front of you and in your arms for the first time, I mean, I remember looking at my babies and thinking, I'm not really sure what to do now. <laughs> No, and I think, I think every parent comes home, they have that living room moment. Yeah. 
where you, you you bring them home, you've got home from hospital, they're in the car seat, you put them down on the floor in the middle of the sitting room and you go, oh, now what? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll yeah. put the kettle on. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's horrifying. And and we don't we don't use this nine months mm -hmm. very well at all. And I, I suspect that we would change a whole load of things by just as nurseries and settings, early years settings, s saying, do you know what? I'm here with you. Yeah. You are the specialist in your child. I'm here to support your journey. And, and I trust what you do. Now, I had a brilliant quote the other day from a guy on LinkedIn who I'm um, having lots of chats with from the American um, group Zero to Three. He's a guy called Mike Sherman. He's one of their psychologists that leads the court safe um, babies. And he put this beautiful quote on one of my posts. He said, there's no such thing as a baby outside the context of the relationships that surround it. Wow. That's powerful. Now, it's really powerful. So if we think about ourselves in the setting and ourselves as educators, we have got this baby that's at the core and centre or toddler or child. They might still be, they might be a five-year-old. They still do not exist outside of those relationships. And those relationships are all of the relationships. That's grandparents, that's siblings, that's auntie down the road, that's um, the guy at the newspaper shop. But it's also us our workers in the setting, including caretakers, lunch people, you know, everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's also core and central, these parents. And when we think of that as a holistic item and put the children really deeply at the heart and trust as the spokes that go out and, and sort of build that, have the relationships going around, those are trusted relationships those trusted relationships are what is going to build and and develop that child yeah absolutely and actually all of those things are they're simple aren't they they're small things that can be put into place that you can build upon rather than it being right we're going to invite all of the parents in for afternoon tea you know and that one day where everybody comes in and it's just chaos and stress and you know you've done your flyers for it and you've got everybody involved which in those days are lovely and they have a place but that every single day communication the feedback you know I mean, let's take let's take that as one very small part of a of an early years practitioner's day or an early years educator's day, where at the end of the day, the parents are coming to the setting, and you're giving some feedback about what has happened during that day. What does that look like for you, Claire? Because I know very much for me as a parent, speaking as a parent, I want it to be specific to my child. And I think, I, I think. From an educator's point of view, quite often it's like, oh, great, got to the end of the day, here's your kid, off you go. And, that's, and, that, and I totally am guilty of being that person who's just like, lovely, super, nice to see you, bye Mrs. Joan. And, you know, I can't wait for you to leave. And yes, no, she's been she's been great today. Mm -hmm. well, she's been super. fine. She's been fine. She's been fine. Good day. Yeah, bye. Um, and actually... Think of that from the parent's point of view. This parent has not seen their child potentially for eight hours. And in that first thousand days of life, from zero to two, conception to two, they are developing over a million synapse connections a second. 
So if we think about the development that has happened in that eight hours for that child, and we haven't taken the time to share with the parent things that have happened, I think then we've let the parent down. Yeah. And I think the other thing is to carefully manage things that could have happened for the very first time away from a parent. So say little whatever they're called walks for the first time in nursery. How you manage that and communicate that is the difference between a parent feeling I am so excited. Thank you for sharing that or I'm such a failure, I went to work, yeah. I'm a loser, yeah. I'm bad for my child. And when we feel that, the environment that we are setting ourselves up as as parents to, to be in and the way that we are sets the environment for the child. So when a parent is in this environment of I'm a loser, I shouldn't have gone to work, I, I, I've, you know, I've missed all this, it's, it's all over, that's the environment that the child is now going to be nestled in. Whereas it could have been this amazingly positive experience by saying, you know, um, I, I, I think we might have had some steps today, but I'd love you to take a look at home and see if that happens. Because I might have not quite, I, I think I saw it. And that's a very different story. To, oh, Jenny walked for the first time today. Yeah, yeah. A, a genuine connection is going to be able to share that um, that that news in a really sensitive way and I think a lot of that comes with experience and confidence of speaking to parents. I've worked with many colleagues who disappear when all the parents come to collect because they're, they've had a bad experience with a parent or a parent has um, shouted at them or you know or been defensive because of that breakdown of relationships because the barriers have gone up um, and so I think understanding neuroscience like go right right back to the beginning yeah. I think understanding neuroscience in general helps you obviously with the babies and working with young children and older children but also helps you to understand people in it general really does. I mean it really they're really responding does. in that way yeah. because yeah. it's not personal this is about them and about how they feel and their reaction has been part of that feeling yeah. um and when you understand that that you know when you understand all that neuroscience relationships completely change in my opinion oh totally and I think those connections will really grow won't they the connection as in not synapses as hmm. as in connection with each other and just empathizing with each other think, as well i think that's a huge thing the empathy is is absolutely massive and and connection i've written down here um when you get it right you build community you build connection and you build build culture through the children and 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 it, when you get those three c's right um you you are listening differently and i think when you when you have built that trust you you see a person who is a parent. They happen to have the title parent, but actually underneath the title parent, you've got mum who's stressed at work. You've got dad who who's knowing that he should have done so and so yesterday and he didn't today, and he's in a rush and whatever. You've got I feel a failure, Johnny, who is the same dad who 
just ran the most amazing board meeting and but he knows he messed up yesterday morning or whatever it happens to be same with the mums and you know we're all people and the aggression that sometimes comes across always has a cause always has a has a that there is a reason for it and look I've been on the end of um uh, a, a tricky parent and uh, you know she got her ne her nickname and you know the staff room would go oh mrs is coming in and yeah she came in and that was joyous but a lot of it was about my insecurity of myself because i was a starting out teacher and i was very mm -hmm. underconfident that i was doing the right thing she was an underconfident mum and we met in the middle she questioned something and i took it personally now, because you were already questioning it yourself, probably. Of course probably. I, was. Of yeah, course I yeah. was. Now, if I had met her, not as a parent, but as her her name, yeah. as a person, we would have found a connection. And and actually, I think she spent a year trying really hard to get it right after that. But I was so heightened in my anxiety that I could never find her because I couldn't get rid of my insecurity. And I think, you know, the other side of that now, as a, a more mature uh, practitioner, but also a mum, a lot of people don't want conflict. They just want it to be right and to be heard. And so yeah. practitioners taking, one of the best pieces of advice I was given as a teacher when I was working in New Zealand, it was a really hard school. It was a really hard school. Um, it was classed as an A1 school, which was the worst of the worst environments with the worst of the worst kids. And, you know, on, on Friday, you just have to say, I'm going to have assembly on Monday. Uh, if anyone knows where the guitar is, could they just make sure it's in for nine o'clock on Monday so we can use it for the assembly? And it was there for nine o'clock, but it was gone by 9.30. You know, I, I learned to teach in that place. But one of the things I was I was told then was to disengage my emotion and when I disengaged my emotion I found I wasn't shouting or I wasn't feeling attacked I I was just seeing the situation as as it exists as it existed because I left my ego at the door so I could start practicing basically and it makes a massive difference in the parent partnership it really, really does. And they're small tips, but they are so impactful. And I think that if anybody takes anything from this session, it's very much that, that, that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. They're small things that you can change. And if you're reflective, if you're a reflective practitioner and you communicate and you know we all have to work on different areas and if it's communication that you need to work on then you know self-awareness is key yeah um and there so so I guess um we can sort of start to start to close the conversation around what what else what are our final thoughts and tips that we can say to our early years educators and our early years practitioners work on this um, so we're working on communication, yep. absolutely, and working on those connections. Um, we're working on that sort of interaction at the end of the day and our sensitivity and our empathy towards parents and really bringing parents into the, a genuine, sincere parent partnership or triangle. Um, so what, what else? What would your, your I uh, think gems start be? Start early. Start early with parents. Start as early as you can so that it can be a journey of success and put those 
catch caught being good is another thing that I learned in New Zealand so catch those parents doing amazing things and just say hey I love the way you talked to Jane Jamie the other day or you know the way that you I don't know um gave your little person some confidence to come into the classroom or whatever it happens to be or just the, the calling out successes is this is it such a powerful tool um really listen to your parents hear what they're saying through the words that they say they may not be using words that are actually delivering what they're trying to say hear what's underneath the words um and when it comes to parenting successful parenting is not about how much money you have or how much stuff you give it's about how you do it and the connections that you create that matters and so the best parents can be some of our deprived, most deprived parents and so don't look at what's there look at what's happening and really celebrate that success because it makes all the difference and one last thing tiny wins go for tiny wins every single day and and those those tiny wins are everything i'm about is about finding the tiny 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 things for the big impact and it, lots and lots of tiny tiny things build up to make a massive impact I love that you have mentioned there about all families. Um, I think there's very much a narrative sometimes that um, underprivileged families are not good parents. Um, so I'm really, really pleased that you've highlighted that because it's so important that we change that and we flip the script so we have this positive narrative of all parents can be successful, amazing parents by having these little connections, well, say little connections, they're huge connections, aren't they, Re relationships. And we really can make that difference in the early years. And I think that's really, really important to, to the for the students to know that you're going into an industry where you really can make a difference. Oh, um, so much, so much that, that my thinking is that the baby room is probably the most important place in education. Because when we get the baby room and parent relationship right or wrong, we set the tone. Obviously, it can be retrieved and changed as time goes on, but we basically set the tone for the rest of the education journey. So if we want a kid at A-level physics to still have an engaged parent, get it right in the baby room and, and you're more likely to make that happen. You're more likely to have a parent regardless of how much money they've got or what the child where they go on holiday or if they go on holiday or what culture they come from or what language they speak you will have a more engaged parent by getting them engaged in those early days and it all starts from that first visit what do you do in that first visit how special do you make them feel and how tuned in are you rather than trying to sell your nursery listen to them thank you thank you so much claire all of that was so powerful and i feel like we need to do a part two, two. at Ooh, some point yes. because there's so much we need to talk about and so much that we haven't even scratched the surface of but thank you so so much okay. i think there's some real 
um, golden nuggets there that people can take away and use in their practice and, and really change their practice. So thank you. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Yes, thank you very much for having me. Thanks for listening to Podcash. If you enjoyed it, please follow or subscribe on your podcast app so you never miss an episode. You can also watch many of these conversations by heading over to cashalumni.org.uk and going to the CPD and Best Practice section of the site. That's cashalumni.org.uk.